Hey guys, it's Drew Barrymore. Shh, be quiet. Don't tell anybody it's me, okay? I am walking the streets of Hollywood on the famous Sunset Boulevard. And oh my gosh, you know what I'm gonna do tonight? Because I always have a plan when I go out, because that's what I do. You have to go out with a purpose. And my purpose tonight is to meet a guy and to have him go down on me and eat my pussy for at least three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So anyways, if you guys want to like walk with me and like see like if you can find a prospect for me, I would so appreciate it because like right now, I don't know how many like uh, press juices I have, but I feel like I'm so buzzed and I can't like make a decision. So I totally need your help, people. Like I'm serious. <laughs> Scares me when she's driving And that always causes a fight I like to fuck in the morning And I like to fuck at night Sometimes it drives me crazy Oh, those things you do You're a big fat gentile And you're a dirty Jew Hi, everybody. It's Ralphie May. And it's Lana Turner. And welcome to the Perfect 10 Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yep. Another great episode. What you heard at the top was uh, uh, <laughs> a Drew Barrymore impression, if you will, of our friend Jill Michelle. Isn't that great? Marion. She does a lot of great impressions, but she's always been known for her Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah, she did it on Mad TV. She was uh, she was actually Emmy nominated for that. Uh, really? Yeah, the the whole show was, and and her episode where she was featured heavily and doing a lot of female impressions. Well, she's great, and we'll actually have her on a future episode just featuring her. But for this particular show, we just wanted her Drew. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. And it, you are about to see why it is so great. Why? Well, okay. This. So, I mean, Rusty is an amazing guy. Okay. So, Rusty Dooley is the comedian who you're about to hear from. And he is so funny. We've known him for so long, but you've never thought of him as some sort of pussy Easily hound, right? 14 years. Right. Yeah, because his whole act is a cock block. Right. <laughs> he cock blocks himself his, with his act. His act is a cock block. <laughs> It's very entertaining. It's it's visually amazing. Well, it's and fun it, to watch. I told Rusty, I said one of the best things about your act, it's fun to watch it not work. Because if you miss one thing, the whole thing falls apart. It's like this series of movie vignettes that he does. Like he reenacts yeah. things. And he does it. He's coordinated and, and choreographed to music. And there's lights and shit. And it's it's a ton of shit to set up. It's fucking crazy. Do you, you know what I love to see is, do you remember old old school Dublin's, Jay Davis' show, Bubbling mm -hmm. at Dublin's on Tuesday nights? Okay, and by the way, that's where Jay-Z got that uh, rhyme, you know, the Bubbling at Dublin's mm -hmm. uh, and that and that and hip-hop song. I forget which one it is, but Bubbling at Dublin's, okay? All right, and uh, it was it would be 600 people upstairs at this comedy show. I mean, it was legendary. Um, I mean, Dan Cook, uh, everybody was there, man. Everybody in comedy was there. Chappelle. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Ross, Jay Moore, uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, it was amazing, amazing place. But there were so many cokeheads there, all right? And Rusty would fucking murder amongst the cokeheads because they had almost no fucking uh, attention span, all right? And his little, like, you know, eight seconds of a movie was perfect for them. His act was geared for fucking cokeheads. <laughs> it was amazing just to watch. Like, the stoners really loved it because it was like, hey, all right, you know? All right, but the cokeheads really just, like, 
got into it, man. <laughs> I mean, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the craziest <laughs> shit to watch. <laughs> it was so fucking amazing to watch that, you know. And and Rusty would fucking destroy with that shit, man. And then and then like I mean, it was just it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. I mean, I've never seen a comedian take all that shit on stage and do what he does and and do it in 10 minutes. I mean, it was like a whole fucking show. Right. In 10 minutes. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, this story is amazing. And not only is oh, it great to hear it from Rusty, I've always liked Drew Barrymore, but now I respect her on a deep womanly level like never before. Well, I uh, I like Drew Barrymore uh, for her movies. You know, right. I thought she was adorable. Right. Okay. She's always been great. Yeah. But now whole new level well you know i, I liked her uh for uh tom green with his one nut you know <laughs> i like that for her all right and uh, uh I, I like tom green okay i do oh, yeah. I, I, I like, like tom him too green a lot he's okay, great i think he's awesome i've done his show and i think he's a great and he's actually become a great comedian now all right he's actually really funny now i always thought he was funny well he, he was funny but he wasn't a stand-up comic no but, i mean uh, as a fellow canadian oh yeah. yeah i mean you you canucks y'all stick right. together right I mean, Jesus totally Christ. Okay. I, I loved him when he sucked the milk out of the cow's udder in the store. <laughs> that was fucking funny, man. But, I mean, I was always a fan of Drew Barrymore, but now I'm like, wow, that bitch is awesome. Like, she's like, uh, for women in general, like, just tip a hat to this. She's a powerful bitch. She's uh, she's an alpha woman. I had no idea. <laughs> that, that's an alpha woman? Yes. Listen uh, to, you guys just have to li just listen to this story. This is freaking hilarious. All right. Listen up. I, it's so funny because I've known you for so long, and yeah. you're like you're a great-looking guy, and you're a super sweet guy. But when you see your act, yeah. you're, it's such a geeky act. It's <laughs> so act unique. My act is really a tribute to all the wonderful pop culture movies that I grew up on. I, I really truly like to hit the nostalgia. I've been ridiculed my whole what I call a career of, um, of, of for doing dated movies. They're always like, Top Gun, dude, really? I'm like, that's the Nobody movie forgets that, Top Gun. that rocked my world when I was 11 years old. It changed my life. I'm excited to do it. I don't care about jumping on the Harry Potter wagon. How do you feel about Firestarter and 50 First Dates? <laughs> do you want to hear how that happened right now? Yes. Or? Yeah. What are you, are you holding out? <laughs> This is a great night because not only am I just heartbroken to beyond belief. Is I it got, your girlfriend? Yes, she dumped me for a millionaire um, that had a record studio. So I'm working the bar one night. I am depressed, okay? Wendell, my boss, he used to call me Rust Buckets. Just, um, this is the thing he called me. So I started hearing Wendell go, Rust Buckets, Rust Buckets. I look down the bar, the big long bar, and there's Wendell standing next to Drew Barrymore. And he goes, hey, this is Drew. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know who this is. And, and he goes, she doesn't want any bartender, female bartender serving her tonight. She wants a male server. So the bartenders were pissed, but Drew wanted a guy serving her, didn't want the girl serving her, which was fantastic. So I look at Drew and I go, I go, what would you like? And she goes, I need two Amstel lights and two shots of Southern Chilled. And I'm thinking, I can do this. So I grabbed the Amstels, ripped the caps off real quick, slammed the uh, beers on the table. And as I go to get the shots, she grabs my wrist and goes, hey, excuse me. And I, so I leaned in. I thought she was going to add something to the order. And she goes, you don't have to treat me like I'm not from this earth. And when she said that, like, first of all, I wasn't. So I was being accused of something I was not doing, which I got very offended. I got mad, upset, and I was already mad and upset <laughs> over the breakup. And I just walked back to the dishes and started doing the dishes again and said, fuck getting the shots. Fuck it. And uh, I could see her just getting heated up and her body language was getting um, impatient. And all of a sudden she got Wendell. My boss starts screaming down the bar again, Rust Buckets, and he's pissed. So I go over to him. I don't even look at her. She's standing right next to him, shoulder to shoulder. I just look right in his eyes. Don't even look at Drew. And I go, yes, Wendell? And he goes, what happened? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you didn't get her shots. I go, yeah, I'm not going to get her shots. And he, his eyes changed to daggers. And he's looking at me like you're about to get fired, right? So, and he goes, he goes, what do you mean you're not getting her shots? I go, yeah, she thinks she's not from this earth. So I guess, uh, you know, I don't even know what to do. And she looks at me and she goes, 
wow, you're cocky, aren't you? And I go, I'm cocky? You think you're not from the planet, but I'm cocky? So at this, she got into a boxing stance and started jumping up and down and got very playful and went, all right, it's on, motherfucker, and got into her Charlie's Angel stance, right? So Wendell sees that she got playful, and his mood changed a little bit, and he looked at me and he, with the look of death and just goes, go get the shots. So I go, okay, so I go get the shots. And, you know, I got in the fighting stance too with her. I got in the boxing stance and started doing a little playful kind of, you know, a little sock'em, sock'em shit, right? And we had a little moment. So then um, I go to get the shots, and I bring them back. Um, now she's just standing there staring at me. It was very uncomfortable, and she's giving me this giant Drew googly eyes, and I'm thinking, wow. Now Green Day comes in, the band Green Day, okay? Now this happened. The bar opened at 10. She was standing there about 10.20. Um, this all went down for about 15 minutes. Green Day comes in. They lock down the corner. Drew sits with them. It's a wrap. It's over. I then realize it's done. So about 1.40 in the morning, they do last call. They flip the lights on. My, my buddy bartender always goes, boy, is she ugly, every time they, they flip the lights on. I, was always, I always laughed hard at that. I remember that happened. And as I hear him go, boy, is she ugly. Drew's walking right towards me. She comes right to the bar and just starts staring at me. And now I'm the happiest guy alive. Aww. Okay, I am so happy. And she goes, she goes, um, would you like to come up to my room tonight? It was awesome because she saw how nervous I was. And then she went up to my boss, and I didn't know what she said, but it took about 12 seconds. And he came underneath the bar walked right over to me, started rolling up his fucking sleeves, which I had never seen, started doing the glassware, and looked at me and goes, go have a good time. He is the greatest wingman of all time. The greatest guy ever. So what happened was we get in the room. If she does actually hear this podcast, she will not remember that night. She's gonna. <laughs> she probably She'll doesn't. remember because oh, I'm gonna yeah? give her, right, I'm you gonna make her remember. Yeah, no, I didn't and get she's to. Like, who was it? Listen, to be honest with you, and I've never really been fully honest, she didn't let me, like, she didn't let me finish, and I didn't, never got to fully screw her. We didn't have a rubber. And she'd let me just stick it in a little bit and then say, oh, no, 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 no. So I ate her out for an hour and a half. Then I would stick the tip in. She would go, oh, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. Then I would go back down and eat her out. Then I would go, oh, she's ready. She's Did she let blow me. you? She tried. I stood on the waterbed and was wobbling back and forth, standing on the Why water bed. Why didn't you lay on your back I or did, something? listen. She didn't want to blow you. She's she didn't want to blow me, yes. Yes, she, she had no idea who you are, Rusty. Lana, Come on, you're be so <laughs> absolutely honest, and I never really want to admit that, but she did not want to blow me, and nobody's ever heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, listen, I, I have a nice she pink. She with the listen, tip. my dick looked nice. It looked pink. No pimples. <laughs> No ingrown hair, so it was ready. When she grabbed it, she turned her head sideways and started jerking me off. She didn't want to look at it. She didn't even look at it. She turned her head towards the wall and started stroking me off. And I honestly looked at her, and this is where it went south. I looked at her drunk on four shots of Patron right in the eyes of what Drew. That's not going to work. You're going to have to get to work. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me and dropped her jaw like... You're going to have to get to work. I didn't know what else to say. And then she got so awkward. I go, listen, I haven't had a hand job since I was 16, and I don't even know if I got one then. Like, I immediately went to screwing and blowjobs. Like, and, <laughs> and I go, I just can't get a hard on like that. So I went back to eating the pussy. Yeah, that's what she knew. She knew. That's she all she wanted. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. You, were, you were her dildo for yeah. the night. Like, no one knows that. Yeah. Nobody. I've lied to so many of my friends. Well, you had to because everybody knew that you were up there with her. You yeah. had to come and out listen, of there. I had her winner. butt naked, saw her tattoos, saw her butthole, ate her box, sucked her boobs, the There's whole thing. What's wrong with that, though? She's gorgeous. And then I was shocked because she had some tats that I never knew she had. And I'm like, oh, you got tats in some cool places, you know? Where? I don't what know. Did they she were have? like, you know, I was drunk. They were, I think, I want to say a lizard, something green. And her thigh, you know, uh-huh. like, and then something on her back. You couldn't tell what it was. It was too dark to no, see you it. Know what? Like, honestly, in that moment of bliss and being like star, not starstruck, but you're starstruck. I wasn't starstruck. I was starstruck, Rusty. 
I'm starstruck. Oh, it's starstruck. And so listen to this. Okay, here's the worst part. I am going to share this with you because I love you guys now. Here's what happened. I haven't told this to too many people because I am truly embarrassed by it. Um, <laughs> as I was eating around, I somehow she was getting hot and heavy and kept scooting down the bed, and it, and it came time for me to give her that scoot back up towards the front of the bed. So I grabbed her under her inner thighs and wanted to show her, like, I'm a man. I can fucking toss your ass up here. You know, she's not the skinniest broad. She's a little, she carries a little bit of weight on her. She's, she's got curves. So I wanted to, like, show her, hey, I can move you around, no problem, you know, because I'm a little older guy. So I extra fucking thrusted her and honestly plowed her head into the headboard. Oh. Okay. Uh, and, it, and it made a loud noise. Oh. Luckily, luckily, the headboard had play, like, had a couple inches of play, so it wasn't, like, hitting oh. a fucking steel wall. But it went, like, bam. <laughs> now, in that moment, I was drunk, and I looked up at her, and I really regret this, and I shouldn't have did it. But I went like this. I went... Ouch! And I raised my finger. <laughs> yep. And I raised my ET finger up to where she hit her head, and she looked at me in disgust and went, "You did not just do that." And honestly, I thought she was gonna ask me to fucking leave. I think right that is there. the cutest, funniest thing ever. It was a bad ET joke at the wrong time. Now listen. <laughs> now listen. She goes. She was mortified. She was mortified. She went like this. You did not just do it. She did that to me twice. Did I you used give my... her the ET though when you were Listen, like... here's why she... Here's... Remember when you said she won't remember this? She'll remember Here's where will she remember. So then she looks at me and I go, listen, it's an occupational thing. I'm a comedian. She goes, oh, no. No, you're not a comedian, are you? I go, why? And she goes, I just divorced a comedian. I go, you're oh, talking yeah. about Tom Green, right? And yeah. I go, I go, are you talking about Tom Green? And she goes, yeah. I go, he's not a comedian. No, guess what? She got pissed off at me for that. <laughs> like, here I'm thinking if I bash him, I'm going to get back on her good side because they just got divorced. She stuck up for Tom Green. So then she looked at me and she goes, all right, well, basically, I think she even voiced it out. Well, we can move past this. Let's move on. Just go back to eating my pussy. Yes, exactly, because you're killing it. That's what it. she's thinking right now. Exactly. So then um, <laughs> she fell asleep while I was doing it, too. So she was, I didn't want to wake her Did up. Did you make her come? You know what? She made a hell of a lot of noise during the eating. She never said I'm coming. I'm organ but I think hopefully she did. I mean, if not, I don't know what the fuck else I could have did. Yeah. I left her um, a note and said, "I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Um, you know, call me." And then uh, she did call me to basically tell me that we wouldn't be hooking up again. That mm -hmm. she was going to Japan with Ben Stiller. She was starring and producing the movie. Thought maybe she had. Wanted to give me a chance to hang out in different it's settings. It's nice that she at least called you and she let did. you know. She really did. And she um, she gave me the probably the most professional blow-off line I've ever heard in my life. And that when she said it, I realized I'm not getting another shot at this. Um, and I said, would you come out and see my comedy show sometime? Because I don't want you to think of me as just a bar back. And she goes, Rusty, I don't think of you as anything. <laughs> and she said it, like, in a way that was hurtful. Like it hurt, man. That it, takes my breath away. It hurt me. I honestly almost felt like that lump in my throat where you want to th she cry. She didn't mean it like I that. I don't think but... she meant it like that, like anything, like you're not even a human being to me. But <laughs> I owe her one because, honestly, she got me out of that rut because that was my rebound. Because I left the hotel that night thinking, if I can pull movie star ass... I don't need to be fucking depressed about this bitch, man. Like, I just pulled A-list movie star ass, and I can do it again. You're pulling A-list ass, Rusty, is an inspiration. You have a chance <laughs> to eat movie star ass if you just believe in yourself <laughs> and you stick to who you are. And, and you found her horny yeah, at the and moment. And the only town that it can happen in is Hollywood. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you for having me, and uh, just God bless you guys. I love Ralphie and Lana, and uh, and thank you very much. God bless America and Drew Barrymore. God bless America. Land that I love. Stand beside her and God. That was awesome.
Oh my gosh. It really is. I mean, it. I think that that L.A. is really one of the few places where something that outrageous can happen. Where, you know, some guy just working as, at a bar could land a Drew Barrymore like that, right? I think it's fucking great, man. I do too, and I really, really like Drew Barrymore way more. I mean, I liked her before, but now I'm just like, she got a guy to come home and basically be her vibrator, and she did not better have to, than that. I mean, it, it, no batteries required. No, nothing. Didn't have to do shit. She fell asleep just lays in the act back and uh, gets her giner ate right. out proper. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he ate it because he wanted to make a good impression. So yeah, she, you, know, you know he was doing all the tricks, the right? clockwise, counterclockwise. He's like, you know, he's like, and hey, ABC one two three, you I, and me. But she's so strong. He's like, we return the favor, and she barely, she like jerks it a couple times, and then uh, he's right back to licking her box. Which man? How does that? I mean, I mean, it, he should have known she just gotten out of a marriage. She was in no danger of sucking new dick. So no funny. danger. Well, hilarious and, i mean she, she didn't have to suck his i mean it was no all way he no was way and why didn't he just put it in go for it dude oh well she she didn't she said no but this is what i said i said you're at the standard hotel there are condoms at Everywhere. the desk you just call down somebody will deliver you a condom yeah those hey, guys are all your friends they're all your dude, buddies dude i got ten dollars bring me a, a dome uh, th- yeah okay <laughs> i'm up here fucking drew barrymore yeah. are you kidding me bro i've got seven for you thanks i'll need all of them are you kidding me of course course i'd get in there man i'm not sure though she actually i mean she probably didn't intend to actually have sex with him right why she's had a couple of cocktails you get her generate proper if you mm-hmm. take away the anxiety of uh, catching the hiv okay she's gonna get fucked maybe i don't know but you know it's so funny she's because so alpha though i mean this is such an alpha female thing to do i know right i mean it's so fucking badass why are there more chicks out there just doing this Instead of all these bitches whining, I can't get laid, I can't get laid. Just grab yourself a bar back and get and, I mean, bare back. On, and I mean, man. I mean, I know people from Houston who've been fucking Mexicans like this on the down low for years, <laughs> man. Years. Like, come and mow my lawn and then mow my lawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, take out That's the trash so funny. and then, then let's make some more. I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> man. You know, it's like, why don't they just do that, you know? Well, apparently people do, but I mean, let's just face it. She's like got this rock star status. I mean, he was all gooey-eyed for her and ready to do anything. Well, you know, the first thing was the reason he got noticed by her was that he didn't kiss her ass. Yeah. You know, that's what did it. You know, he treated her like a, like, you know. Like she wasn't from this planet? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Or that she was from the planet. Yeah. Hey, bitch. You know, I mean, taking your attitude, go fuck yourself. Right. All right? And she's like, that's a man. That's a man. So funny. Who I can easily manipulate like my giant. That's right. You know, I'm gonna take the. Mouth and Thor it's like so this, funny because he stood up to her and then she made him like totally cow down, like go for it, Rusty. Wouldn't it be hilarious if she was just trying to spread her lisp everywhere? <laughs> what she does, she just wears the guy's tongues out till, till they fucking have a lisp too. All right, that's her whole goal is just to go around the country and make more men have a lisp just like hers. Oh, I'm She's sure. just spreading her lisp everywhere. Rusty. That's the sexual dysfunction she's spreading. That's her disease. Like, no, I don't want to fuck you. I just want you to eat my giant until your tongue's fucked up. Oh, my God. And you've got a lift like this everywhere. That's so fucking hilarious. I mean, it's her, her, man. You got to think that, you know, he licked her BH. I mean, you know, you got to flip over, eat ass. You got to do all that crazy shit. It's Drew Barrymore. You got to go all out, Jack. You got to be memorable. You know what I'm saying? You got to swing from the fucking ceiling fan. You know, you know, dick slapper a little bit. You don't know. I mean, you got to do crazy shit, you know, (laughs) one, two finger snap. You know, you got to do, you know, uh, all the finger bangs, you know, look for, you know, cigarette machine. Look for changing the payphone. You know, you got to, you know, you got to do the, uh, you know, the old twisty poo. The E.T. Yeah, the E.T., the phone home. I mean, you got to do the phone home. You know, that was amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was incredible. You got to do that. I mean, right. that's, that's, that's a start. That's a start off, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Damn, that was incredible, man. It's such that a good story. It was fucking amazing. God it's, damn. It's, I mean, I want to rent all of her movies again just for that shit alone. I mean, the fact that move that she made. And and what I want to know, are there more out there like this? More well, actresses pulling this he shit? He said, he said, no, but he said about her that he heard a rumor later on that she had pulled something, some valet and, and, and did something similar at the... 
at a different hotel. So <laughs> I don't know. Like she Good might, for her. Yeah, she might just like. But now she's a mom, right? She just had a kid and she's married. And yeah, moms hate to get their pussies licked. No, stop, I'm not saying stop. that. It's just <laughs> I don't know if we'll be hearing many more of these stories of random encounters. But we got one, not which from is her, awesome. But trust me, she learned it from some broad, and uh, she'll pass that knowledge on, and uh, along with the lisp. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny when you hear a man lisping in Hollywood. He might not be gay. He might have just eaten too much pussy yeah, the night might, before. He might have ate too much vagina. <laughs> he might have been uh, being a barback or a valet right. at a fancy hotel. You know what's so funny about this is that we were a little nervous after we had the interview. Danny and I were like, can we get in trouble? Like, is this somehow slander? So I sent the audio over to our lawyer, who is a lovely man, Fred. I and I think and we made his day. It has nothing to do with Hollywood. He's in, no, no, no. He's, Cincinnati. Yeah, he's okay. in Ohio. And, he, <laughs> yeah, and he's just a really sweetheart of a guy. And I think he just probably loved that. That was he part of his day. It. He yeah. loved it. I wonder if we'll get billed for that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Not on that one. I mean, that one, he just goes, yeah, thanks. I needed that. I needed to hear that. You're awesome. I appreciate you. You know? Oh I mean, that's gosh. an amazing story. That is so goddamn funny, man. This whole episode is so jam-packed with awesomeness because you have a great interview with Trace Atkins. Yeah, man. Trace has been my buddy for years. Uh, we met first time in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, he was playing a big country western club down below the comedy club, and uh, we met. And uh, which club? Uh, Charlie Goodnights. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he was there. He came up. He was a fan of mine from Last Comic, and he thought I was hilarious, and uh, he liked my country uh, stuff. And he'd heard I was from Arkansas. He's from North uh, Louisiana, and um, do you know that uh, on our side of the family we have a bunch of Atkins. Okay, uh-huh. and um, my sister thinks that we might be related. Oh, I hadn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's kind of weird, you know, because we've got Glenn Campbell in our family, a second cousin on my dad's side, and on my mom's side, Trace Atkins, it looks like, is on our, our family, and we've got... Uh, well, you have Atkins, but how does Trace Atkins connect to your family tree, then? Um, the, the Atkins, uh, his daddy uh, is who my sister looked up, and she did that uh, on the computer, okay? And uh, she looked up his dad and um, and our Atkins line, and it goes back to about eighteen thirty something, and then there that's where it is. Yeah, that's where it fused off. So, you know, distant relatives. Distant relatives. So what I did is I brought him a gun, uh, something from uh, you and I. Right, right, and, right. And uh, we have some beautiful antique guns that you've yeah. accumulated. And um, I brought him a uh, Mississippi long rifle from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. That was actually broken at the Battle of uh, Chickamauga and um, and uh, refused together and used uh, at the siege of Chattanooga. And um, he loved it. He's a big Civil War buff, and he loved the weapon. And it's a huge long rifle. It's a sniper rifle. No, I saw. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. And, That's a um, gorgeous uh, gun. He uh, he loved it. He loved everything about it. And uh, couldn't wait. Uh, uh, he he said thank you so much. It almost brought tears to his eyes. He he really loved uh, that uh, that we brought it for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I think he's the type of guy that that it, it, people expect so much from him. That, but he never gets anything in return. You know what I mean? Right. You know I mean we know a lot of those guys. And then when you give them something, they're just blown away. You know what I mean? I wish I was able to go with you that night to interview him, but unfortunately with Me the too. kids and stuff, I wasn't able to leave. But I want to hear the interview so badly because it's just so cool that you got to do this. Yeah. By the way, uh, boxer briefs. What do you mean? His his wife was doing laundry. Oh, yeah? I I'd I say boxers? No, 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 no. They were boxer briefs. Oh, boxer briefs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I were. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of women who are interested in knowing that. Uh, there you go. Yeah. And a lot of creepy dudes. A lot of creepy dudes, right? A lot of fucking creepy dudes. Right. Maybe some gay Arabs. Uh, This interview is so good. I know. This interview (laughs) is amazing. We had to break it up into two segments. So you're going to get to hear half of it now, and we're going to tease you because you're going to get to hear half of it the second half next week. Right. So we're going to get to go on What Your Appetite. Here you go. Ralphie's interview with Trace Atkins. I'm here with Trace Atkins, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you don't know about Trace Atkins, uh, is it a nice rock you're living under? Um, he's uh, he's uh, one of the uh, few real bona fide country artists. I am an old school country fan, if you don't know that. 
Everybody thinks I'm all about rap music, and you're wrong. I was uh, born in Tennessee, raised in Arkansas, and got to Texas when I was 18. I am uh, I'm bona fide, and uh, I'm telling you, uh, my grandfather uh, used to lull us to sleep with Johnny Cash, and uh, um, I've been listening to country music my whole life. And uh, man, you are you're one of the last ones, man. Huh. You, your your life ain't pretty. Uh, it it it's never been. You you've lived a country music song, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, you know. First of all, you you're embarrassing me. Stop saying all that. You know, Why? About, I'm you know that I'm this and that. You know I'm just. You know what? I'm I'm just a roughneck that uh, that likes to sing. Really, I've I've never. I've never uh, tried to define myself any other way. Uh, music is a hobby that got horribly out of control. You know? <laughs> I, I love doing it. I always have. And, you know, I just, I, I never would have allowed myself to dream that I would have had this kind of career um, early on. I never would have ever even allowed myself to have dreams that big. So I've been real fortunate. But, but I'm still that roughneck that worked on that drilling rig. You know, that's how I approach this business. Yeah, you worked offshore, right? Yeah, I worked offshore on a drilling rig for six years, and I worked on land and oil field for four years. So I'm, you know, I'm an old oil field hand, and uh, and that's yeah. and I think that that work ethic is what has served me good in this business because in the oil field you can't rest on your laurels just because no. just because you did a good job today. That don't mean anything. All you right. have to get up and do it again tomorrow, and that's what makes a good hand. And that's the way I've continued to approach this business. And it, I don't care how, how much success I had on the last album. I've got to try to do better this time. And, you know, that's that's just been, that's been my uh, ethic, uh, the way I've approached it. You've been married a couple times now. I, this is this is the most infamous story you've got, okay? You got shot by your ex-wife, right? All right. I'm presuming it wasn't accidental, right? Well, you know, there's always... <laughs> I've always told myself that I, that I don't think she meant to do that, you know? <laughs> but I've had, you know, I've had to tell myself that, you know? Man, see, but it's you hard. are a country song. <laughs> You're telling yourself she didn't mean to. You're adorable. Well, <laughs> but when the bullet goes in under your left arm and it comes out under your right arm. Yeah, you know, it goes through your lungs good, and your heart. That was a good shot. So. Yeah, that's a damn good shot. That's a deer kill shot. That's a kill shot. <laughs> Man, you lucky you didn't get field dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. If you look at the scar on me, I did get field dressed. Yeah, right. They like opened a catfish, me from stem right? to stern. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had a bunch of holes they had to patch in there. So. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it went through. Uh, went through my heart. Went through both my lungs. And. Uh, and uh, you're still alive. Yeah. Are you a zombie? Yeah. Are you a zombie? I'm a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a couple of uh, open heart surgeries to repair the damage, and Did but they I'm put good in to an go. Ashtray you know? or, or like an oil filter, Fram oil filter or something. <laughs> they put in, in a, there. You know? yeah, they put a Dacron patch. Over there you go. It. Yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> put a Dacron <laughs> patch over the hole in my septum. Um, septum, I, damn near killed. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't guess it's, I don't, I don't guess there's been any residual effects from it. You know, if they have the sensitivity turned up at the airport, you know, I, I still got staples and stainless steel wires and stuff yeah. on my sternum, and, but I've got a plate in my left leg too, so it sets off the, the metal detector. But wow, I got a lot of metal in me. Yeah, right. Me together. Yeah, man, you're 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 Franken country. That's Franken country. <laughs> That's what you are. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God! Now, in, in, in addendum to that, you didn't press charges. No, no. You um, are a forgiven man. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. As soon as I I could I could uh, come out of a coma, 
I think I might have to I think I might have to put that one of them in jail a little bit. <laughs> well, it was a strange time. It really was and and um I I remember the detective the detective that came to my room Tell me how strange it was. Detective came to my room when they finally took me out of ICU and they put me in a in a hospital room. I think I was in the hospital for about a month. And uh, this detective came in there, and I was sitting there with that morphine button in my hand. Oh, you know? yeah, man. They, they didn't think. I, I bet you had that son of a bitch playing cotton eye, Joe. They didn't think I was going to live anyway, so I think they pretty much were being pretty liberal with the. Yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, he came in and started asking me about the incident, and I told him, you know, I told him straight up. I said, you know, I said she pulled a gun on me, and I and I told her, I said, you better give me that gun, or I'm gonna take it away from you and beat your damn brains out with it. And that's when she shot me. And, and he said, that's what you said to her. I said, yeah, that's what I said to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so he said, but you didn't mean that. I was like, well, I was just trying to. I said, what would, what would you have done? I said, I was just trying to scare her, you know, put the gun down, you yeah. know. And he said, well, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that. I'm like, you think? You know, I, <laughs> if I had it to do over again, yeah. I'd have just run. Baby, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd have pulled that, uh, that, that John Belushi from the Blues Brothers. Baby, I love you. Yeah, I love yeah. you. I love you. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Fisher. one of those. That's one of those hindsight incidents, you know. Yeah, right. If I had that one to do over again, I would <laughs> do it way different. But anyway, so so when I finally got out of the hospital and uh, I had a meeting with my attorney and we discussed what our options were going to be. And and it was just, he said, you know, you, you shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I know, but that's what I said. And the dude asked me what I said, and I told him what I said. You know, I told yeah. him the truth. You know, I told him straight up what I said. And he said, well, you know, now that OJ just cut his wife's head off, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's not going to be, you know, she's going to get up there and cry and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. But did you say, hey, uh, I'm white and I got shot? <laughs> Oh, okay. He I, said, "Because I, uh, I, I, that would have that would have been said, the first thing that slipped do. out of my I bet you, He said, "I bet you I can get you a good clean divorce." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No so, alimony, right? <laughs> oh, I got alimony. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's awesome. I did. Well, hell, <laughs> you're the one who got shot. <laughs> That's I guess. Right. I guess so. Yeah, I got. Uh, How much did you get a month? I can't even remember now, man. It only lasted for a year, and uh, but I bet that was good money to spend. I bet that I bet that felt good. I bet that felt good as shit. I bet that let's go to we're like, woo, we're going to Red Lobster. I, I was just I was just glad to be shed of her, you know. Amen to that. Hell it's like what else you gonna shoot? You done shot both lungs in my heart. I mean, what the hell are you gonna shoot? My first wife Shot to the heart <laughs> you're to blame. Yeah, my first wife she didn't shoot me. Because she told me she was going to, and I believed her. <laughs> so one told you you was going to, and then she was going to shoot you, <laughs> and then the next one did shoot you. Yeah. You ever think it might have been you? I it, mean, was, <laughs> it was pretty much was me. <laughs> yeah. You I, think you might just be a dick sometimes? I'm going to say right now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I ain't the easiest guy in the world to live with. I believe but that. What's today? What's the date today? Uh, the 18th of December. I haven't had a drink since December the 17th, 2002. Good for you. And I'm just telling you that before December the 17th, 2002, I, I wasn't a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, you're a little miserable? A lot. Yeah. 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 I, I wasn't, I wasn't a... Toward the end, you know, I, I never was a, a fun drunk. I never was. So, did you have your ten-year cake? Nah, it was it was yesterday. I didn't yeah. even really think about it. I didn't even think about it till just now. Wow, wow, man! Congratulations, man. Ain't no big deal, dude. In country music, it's a huge deal. Nah. Now you know what happened, man. They uh, 
they captured me and put me in an institution, you know, drunk tank. And yeah. I went to rehab. and. Uh, Dude, I went to rehab. I just got out of rehab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought it was for opiates, but it wasn't. Turns out I had PTSD. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I almost died last year. I almost pulled a U. But it uh, it took for me. And yeah, man, me too. And I, you know, I I, uh, I feel better, right? I think what happened for me was about three weeks in, I had that moment of clarity where right, I was where you just catch like, a snap. I was like, dude, man, you got the world by the short hairs. You yeah, know? right. All you got to do is just you know keep your shit together, and you won't Don't ever fuck up. you won't ever have to have another job again. You can yeah, just do right? this, you know. Yeah. And that was it for me, man. I got out and I hadn't looked back, and I, ha- I haven't had a drink since. And you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, and nothing against people that it works for, man. You know, if AA works for you, that's cool. That's yeah, great. Yeah, right. But I, I never did really buy into that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, get over there, you know. boohoo, and everything, and then then uh, smoke. And, and I drink tried coffee. it for a little while. It just wasn't my scene, man. I just didn't. It didn't yeah. do it for me. Yeah, right. And I've been able to do it, you know, without. Because that's ultimately what it comes down to, you know. Everybody goes, you know, like they didn't like this in AA, I mean, in at rehab when they go, what's your higher power? They were asking everybody that, and everybody was like, God and Buddha, and one guy said Allah, and, and uh, I turned a lot of people, and I got them yelling boundaries at me when I said my higher power was pussy, <laughs> okay? And, and and they go, they go pussy? What do you mean pussy? They go, well, that's the only thing that's ever motivated me. You know, and uh, I can see it and believe in it. You know, got me here. You know, so got you there. He got me the rehab. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's my higher power. I I'm going to very pussy. first day when they let me out of uh, detox and they put me in one of those big rooms and there's a bunch of people in there. I remember walking in and, and my hair was all down. You know. I walked in. There was a heroin addict sitting in the corner over there. And, and yeah, they're a little jumpy, ain't they? Yeah, and he said, <laughs> "He said, holy shit, it's a Viking, and he's pissed off." <laughs> <laughs> What's in your wallet? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do bear a resemblance to a Viking a little bit. You got a Viking esque about and you. And that dude uh, ended up being a good friend of mine. His name was Neil. He was he was a cool dude, man. You are making a lot of great goddamn music, okay? All right? And uh, now, now you're not the, the, let's be honest, you're not the, uh, the hip thing in country music right now because no. you're not a 22-year-old little girl that fucking dates everybody and writes a song about all the guys she bangs, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and, and you don't have one of these brilliant musical lines about never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, 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 never, ever, 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 never, ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever, hold on, I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, it's a whole, it's a brilliant song. It's going to be never fucking one. Never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, ever, I'm almost done. Hold on. Never, ever, 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 ever. It's, a, it's, it's about to be genius. Never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never. <laughs> oh, man, if we had more time and more batteries in the fucking recorder, I'd fucking, I'd tell you, I'd have a hit. I'd have a fucking hit. Yeah, well, you know, I've had a good run, man. I've had. I don't think you're fucking done. 15 plus years. If it, I don't think but you're, you know what, man? I'm good. If it, if it was over today, you know I'm good, man. I'm, one thing about country music, it really loves a deep voice, man. Okay? And, and who's that new boy they're trying to pump out there with a the deep voice? That, that um, What's that kid's name? I don't know. But the, Josh Turner, maybe? Yeah, Josh yeah, yeah. Josh has got a deep voice. Yeah. Um, Chris Young's got kind of a deep voice. Um, not a whole lot of yeah. There ain't too many. I'm out there. Not a whole lot of deep baritone. Yeah, because it requires like a uh, like a man. Big you know? sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you gotta have a set of twins if you're gonna you're gonna be bona fide like that. You gotta have bona fide swinging dick to be able to get hit them mm-hmm. get them low voices. All right. My Buck Owens told me one time. And I loved Buck, and, God damn and right. Buck was good to me, and, and he was always 
brutally honest. And he said to me one time, he said, Trace, son, you need to hit that low note that you can hit in every song you do because that's really all you got going for you. <laughs> that's what he told me. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> oh, well, shit. When they're right, they're right. You know, you can't be mad at that. He was so cool, man. And when I'd play his place, um, you, you didn't want Buck to know how many buses and trucks you had. So you'd get there early in the day and unload all your stuff and then go hide, go park the trucks back over at the hotel and just leave one bus at the venue because he'd, boy, he'd, he'd come down on you. You don't need all them buses and all that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're just wasting your money, boy. So, uh, that's so I only got one of those ass tunes, and then I learned to hide everything around yeah, right. the block, you know. Like everybody else does. Just leave one bus at the venue. I remember when you were you hadn't released it. You'd recorded it, and you uh, you told me you go because we were we were uh, we were in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you were about to go down uh, and play that country uh, con- big ass country bar. And that it holds like 3,500 people down below, okay? And uh, it's so big, they let black people in, folks. That's a big-ass country bar, okay? And uh, you were upstairs before at the comedy club, uh, Good Nights Comedy Club. And uh, you were backstage, and you go, man, I love your comedy. And I go, man, I love your music, dude. This is crazy. And... uh, and uh, and I was, you know, we were both looking at, they were like, it was a great little girls walking by. And I'm like, man, look at the hitch and her get along. And you start laughing. And you go, man, I've, I wrote a song called the Honky Tonk Padonka Donk. And I go, yeah, look at that. I go, Padonka Donk, Padonka Donk, like that. And you were laughing. And you're like, yeah, I think it's going to be my biggest hit. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, man, took off like a lightning bolt, man. It's. I didn't write it, but I wish I, I wish I would have written. Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser and Dallas Davidson wrote that song. But it 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 was been the biggest song of my career, and you know, and it's always uh, it's been a polarizing song, you know. And I I know that, and I'm cool with it. You know, there are people that hate it. I'm all right. I don't care. You know, whatever. How can you hate that song? But uh, but it's still the one that when we do it. In our shows, that, you know, people just go crazy. They just, they still do, you know. They, they go crazy for that song. They have fun with that song, and and that's, you know, I've, I've, people have asked me before, you know, what are you, what are your favorite songs to, what's your favorite song to sing in a show, and and my answer to that should be the answer of every entertainer's. My favorite song is their favorite song. You right, know, the one that drives them crazy. The one that makes them throw their panties on the stage. Amen that's to the that. one that I like. You know, that's my favorite one to do. Yeah, honky-tonk, Ralphie, that was an awesome interview. I feel like Charlie Rose. But it's a, a, such an honor to have him, and we're going to continue on having him next week. You guys are about as southern as you can get. I know, and that's that's where we're going. You can, we're, can't get any further south than where we're going. You can see Mexico from where we're going. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be in uh, El Paso, uh, Thursday, Friday, and then uh, Saturday, I'm going to be in Colleen, so it's a Texas run. And then uh, Sunday, I'm going to be a Sunday night special show in Arlington at the Improv. And then uh, next week after that, on Wednesday, I'm going to be in Fort Smith and Fayetteville on uh, that Thursday, then Little Rock on the 18th uh, at the, the Performing Arts Center, and then uh, in Memphis, I'll be there on the 19th, and uh, you got some dates coming up too, right, baby? Well, that's right. I'm not going with you this week. I'm actually going to be staying close uh-huh. to home. I know. I'm going to be in Irvine on the 12th um, at the Late Show for Fantasy Comedy, and um, on Monday the 14th, I'll be at the Parlor Live in Hollywood, and then on the 16th, I'll be at Yankee Doodle. In Santa Monica, yeah, and I'll probably pick up some other spots other than that. But those are the big ones I have coming up, which I'm Man, looking forward to. Man, those are great places to see comedy. I know those great are really good. Anytime you could see a, a Jay Davis promoted show or a Holly show, yeah. it's always going to be a good time. Good time, so, every time. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We always bring you great music at the end of the episode. 
And here we go again. Recorded live from Nashville, Tennessee, the Cannery Ballroom. It's Gold, Gold Room. Room. get the idea. Subscribe. Visit our page on iTunes. Leave us plenty of comments and a high rating. Check out our website at perfect10pod.com. We'll see you next week. Suckers.